Welcome to BizBytes, brought to you by Com Together, helping businesses like yours build their brand through telling amazing stories to engage and grow audiences on multiple platforms. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of BizBytes. And today we are going to talk all about people, such an important part of all of our businesses and really getting the right support, the right people uh, working in the right way for you are critical parts of any business. So it's the reason why we have Gaylene on this program today. So welcome, first of all, to BizBytes. Thanks so much. I'm really happy to be here and talking with everyone today. Well, firstly, why don't you give us a little bit of an introduction as to what you and Team Fusion do? Sure. So Team Fusion are people experts, and our underlying mantra is being better together. So we work in the area of leadership development. Um, We often work with a lot of couples in business, especially Australia and New Zealand have a lot of family-based businesses. So we work with couples to help them be better together both in the business and also in their relationship, Uh, because obviously you can't really separate the two when you're uh, in a relationship and working together. Um, And then we also work with high-performing team culture and helping to raise that um, the standard within the, the business culture. We also work as personality profiling experts. And one of the ways that we help to create high performing team culture is by helping those smaller, um, smaller, medium sized businesses to recruit the right people in at the right time. And so that's that is a really foundational piece. And it's a premise that better to take your time and find the right person than to hire the wrong person and then regret having that person in your team because the wrong person will drag everybody backwards um, and that's no good for anyone, um, especially the person that you've just brought into the team. So, yeah, so leadership development, um, personality profiling. We've got a service called DIY Recruitment Support for those businesses that don't have the budget to recruit through an agency uh, and we just help them to put some structure in place and hold them true to who the right person is for them and then that helps to lift the overall team culture and of course the business productivity and profitability and helps everybody be on purpose in terms of the business and the goals. Yeah, it's such a, a critical area of the business to get the right people and uh, I, I want to go to the two extremes that you've got here because, you know, you started uh, originally talking about the idea of with couples in the business. And I find that fascinating. Um, you know, I've, we've talked about it once before in a previous episode of, of BizBytes because we had someone whose business um, uh, is in the dental industry and she had started off working alongside of her husband. Uh, they've now created sort of separate businesses and so that doesn't happen as much anymore. But I, I'm very aware of a number of couples uh, that I know of that work in the business, and the dynamic is really interesting. Uh, and and one in particular, I know that um, they actually hold a board meeting, which is just the two of them um, going out. I think I, I think it's once a month, but they go into that as if they would prepare for a formal board meeting. So they're not husband and wife in that meeting and they're going in and preparing as they would do for having a full board. 
which I find really interesting. I can't get my wife to work for my business, by the way. Tried for a number of years because I know she'd be great at helping out, but uh, um, yes, resisting to the to the last moment, I think. But it's, mm-hmm. it is a really interesting area and it's a growing one, isn't it? And particularly, I think, where that makes it even more interesting is, is working from home because it's a different dynamic when you, go, when you go into a physical office and my parents worked together, but my dad owned a pharmacy. So they were going to a physical location and doing that. But when, you, when you're working from home, as many do these days, you don't have, it's very hard to get that differentiation between the relationship. Without doubt. And it all comes down to boundaries. So whether you are working with your spouse or your relationship partner or not, whether you're a solo entrepreneur and maybe with a team, but you are in a relationship or whether you're totally applying solo, no relationship, uh, no team, all of these things come down to having the right boundaries in place and knowing when to bring which piece of your personality or which role that you're fulfilling into the equation at that time but yeah working from home uh, I do it myself my partner uh, goes out to work and I've got a dedicated home office and it has an impact on our relationship often I need to work in the evening because of time zone differences and that you know that's effectively stealing time from our relationship time so there is definitely boundaries that have to be set in place and I will say this too I used to be married to another man and we worked together in business and we worked really well together until we didn't. We, we decided we would go uh, into separate businesses and with his, um, his schedule and my schedule, we actually didn't see each other anymore. So we went from almost 24-7 together to hardly seeing each other. And for us, the wheels fell off. So, you know, we did the best we could. So I bring that knowledge now into the work that I do from a relationship dynamics perspective, whether you're working with your partner or spouse or not, your business has an impact on your relationship and it has to be factored into the equation. Absolutely. And uh, here's another loop uh, into all of that, which I, I know is not uncommon. So my daughter is actually working in, in Com Together uh, part-time as well. And that's a really interesting dynamic because we have a, a great relationship where we tease each other relentlessly when we're not um, when we're not in a business relationship, but we both came to the understanding when she started working for me that in business hours and when she's doing work for me because she isn't full time that she understands that it's a different relationship. But the minute she knows that I finished work for the day, well, that just goes out the window very quickly. <laughs> um, so it's I, game on again. Huh? It's game on again. Yes, yes. Uh, fun little messages left on my whiteboard, um, which is part of the reason why everybody, I know people are listening to this and not watching it, but uh, why I have a virtual background most of the time because my whiteboard often um ends up with little notes that I haven't realized and you don't want to have them in front of clients and people. <laughs> so, but, uh, but anyway, let's uh, just getting, just getting back to back into it and, and, and trying to understand a little bit more than on the other side of things in terms of recruiting, particularly and recruiting the right people. And, and I think that extends into the fact that, um, and perhaps this is the starting point for this question there's a point where you might realize that people are no longer the right people to work for you, that the business has moved 
And, um, and I've certainly experienced that in the past where I've had team members that have been with me for a while and the business has progressively moved, but you come to a realisation that they have not. So what's your question? Well, question is, is how do you manage that process? How do you, how do you come to the realisation that, mm. uh, that it's there? I mean, it just, there was one point where I just realised it, but how do you keep on top of that kind of uh, dynamic within your own business? Because you have to monitor the people on an ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. So human beings are in motion, in motion. And so we all have our own internal barometer of what feels good and what doesn't. And so when we're talking high performance teams, one of the things that we talk about is being in flow. And um, we use a profiling tool called Contribution Compass. It's about recognizing that we all have a natural flow and we have uh, what we call being out of flow. So every person on your team needs to be contributing to everyone else being more and more in flow. And when, you know, if you think about uh, if you were standing in a river and you could you can feel the flow, the current of the water, and, you know, there's some resistance against your legs if you're standing in the river. If you're in a boat or a kayak on the river and you're going with the current, there is speed and it takes very little effort. However, if you turn around and you're trying to paddle your boat upstream you feel the resistance it's extremely hard work and it's exhausting so if you're finding yourself in that situation where there's someone in your team that is frustrating you a lot making you feel very angry isn't delivering what you're expecting them to deliver is just uh, maybe making a lot of mistakes or is slowing other people down then that person you have to ask the question that is this person genuinely in flow? And usually the answer is no. So you've got to identify it. We all know what feels good and we all have our intuition. And we will often hear the sound of the intuition and squish it down. And then more and more things start to happen until eventually we just go, oh, I can't take this anymore. So that's not how to do it. We want to listen to our intuition in the first place. And when we get those early warning signs, we need to start addressing them really quickly. Because as a leader, you control the culture in your business. So if there's somebody that's out of flow, first and foremost, you have to look at yourself and say, what have I done to create this? Have I not provided enough structure? Is their role not clear enough to them? Did they, do they not have the right skills and experience for this task? Have I moved them from a position where they really were in flow and now they're out of flow? And we can often do that when we take a, a high performer and elevate them into a manager type role. So I would say, listen to your intuition and then look at yourself first to see, have you done something here that is getting this result? And then look at the person, their skills, their, um, their experience and their training and then start having some conversations around, tell me why this is happening. I'd like to understand. So there's a difference from going in there full, you know, full noise with all your, all your emotions heightened or just going in and blaming 
you're not doing this, you're not doing that. You've got to come in from an inquiry perspective first and then with that new knowledge, then make some decisions about where, what do we do from here. And I mm. believe no, people know fundamentally when they're not doing a good job and we start to see it in um, attendance, statistics, their speed of delivery, their engagement levels. So, you know, it is, it, it, it's not all about the person you've hired. You have to look a bit more holistically than that. And I will just add one other thing. It's very, very easy to turn a highly engaged person off over a certain, like even over a couple of weeks. And I see this happen again and again, where people are scratching their heads going, I don't know what happened. They were really engaged and now they're not. And you have to rewind the tape and look at, did you shut them down in some way? Did they bring a great idea and you fobbed them off? Because it's the little things like that that can turn someone from highly engaged into somebody who just doesn't care. And it yeah. only takes a few exam, you know, a few situations to get them from highly engaged to I don't give a toss here. Listeners of BizBytes will know that we recently featured an interview with uh, Andrew Uglo, and I've gone on to publish a podcast series with Andrew uh, that will be coming out um, in 2024. Stay tuned, everyone, for listening to that because he really talks about this idea of mechanics and uh, and how you need to pay attention to that. And it's not always about money and it's about a whole lot of different things. And I think it's an important element here. But what I wanted to talk to you about was the profiling part. Um, and, and because on two levels, there's there's a number of these tools that are out there. And so trying to understand what your tool that you use does and, and why it might be different or better, but also then in understanding, is that something that you do once? Does the profile of someone change? You know, in this scenario that we were just talking about where the business may have moved and the person may have moved, is it a case of you should be refreshing some of these? You fundamentally are who you are. As a child, there will be certain things that you're interested in. You'll have certain character traits and they usually stick with you for your entire life. So that little little child that loves to um, do little skits and plays at home, they'll often then progress into wanting to be on stage in some way. It could be presenting. It could be in theatrics. It could be that they are the star of the show in their own um, chiropractic clinic. So it doesn't always necessarily have to be a, you know, a, a, a full-on stage. So there, but the, let's come back to that thing around, are you in flow or out of flow? Because your, uh, we use contribution compass profiling. Uh, it, there's four natural energies and then eight individual profiles. And yes, you're right. There are a lot of tools out there that are very similar. What I like about Contribution Compass is that it's more aligned to where we're headed in terms of what the younger generations actually want. So what I'm talking about is millennials and Gen Zs are really motivated by purpose and they want to know that what they're doing is making a difference to someone else. So there's a, that's a very big driver for them. 
They want to know that they can contribute value to their employer and the team that they're with. And Contribution Compass allows you to very clearly see what's the value that this person brings, what's the contribution that they're making, and who do they need around them to maximize that contribution. So it's a powerful tool. Now, I will say this, um, I have used other profiling tools. I fell in love with profiling in my very early 20s and it's become a lifelong passion. And I've, I've been, I don't even know how many profiling tools I've used, but I have this real excitement for profiling because it helps people through creating more self-awareness. And the more aware you are of yourself, then the better you can make a contribution to others. So that's why I use Contribution Compass. It's aligned to purpose. And it's also a very powerful team building um, tool as well as a self-awareness tool. And within the Contribution Compass suite, we have other tools that link in with that. So we were talking about recruitment before. We can actually profile the role that you're looking to fill. And if you've got existing team members, we can profile the role and then profile the person and see if they're a match, see if they're a fit energy-wise and, and what um, what that role needs and for that person to be in flow. So we want to match the person and their individual flow with the role flow. And sometimes it's not a perfect match, but then you there's ways to adapt to that so that that person can still deliver massive value to the company and feel valued and in flow while they're doing it. I love this. And it's certainly something that's... Um... Uh, appropriate in timing and whilst uh, when this podcast is being published and, and aired hopefully oh, I will have finished a recruitment process for someone but as we speak right now I'm in the middle of it and it's a very interesting situation because the candidates that have been put forward without having done the profile I am very aware of my profile through it through a different tool and uh, I don't think it'd be surprised to anyone to, to, to know that I'm in that creative category. Um, and that uh, I'm very I'm very aware that what I don't want is someone that's the same as me, that you need someone to that in a particular role that's going to work alongside of you actually needs to have almost the opposite uh, in in the way they flow. And so it's very interesting in going through the candidates uh, that have been put forward to me. And whilst I'm not doing an official profiling, I'm very aware of that. And I'm looking at them and going, yeah, I don't think this is the right kind of person, regardless of how good they might be at their job. I don't think they're right. And I, I think that's a, it's, it's a hard thing to be conscious of um, and, yes. and doing that. Yes. Because it's a natural thing that we, you know, birds of a feather flock together. So we want someone who's like us because they're easier to get on with. But that doesn't mean that's actually who you need. And when we profile with Contribution Compass, we actually can say to you, all right, well, if you're a this profile, then the two people you need to cover all the bases in your business, the minimum two, are this profile and this profile because they counterbalance where you are weak and they will push you further into flow because they're taking away the things that would pull you out of flow. So, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've got this amazing tool 
Um, it's very easy to use and it just makes it so so simple to say, now I understand exactly who I'm looking for and why I'm looking for that person um, because it creates alignment. And we also have a tool that allows us to see whether adding that person will take your entire team further into flow or pull your team out of flow. So we've got a flowometer that we can measure the flow level of a team, which is very fun to do, and then to share those results with a team. So yeah, happy to do that, that process with you while you're in the middle of this recruitment process. Mostly we would do it at the beginning, but there's no reason why we can't um, interweave it. And we've done that on multiple occasions with other clients. We've just said, okay, let's do this. Let's see what the result is, and then it gives you that much more information. And not just about who's the right person, but how to manage them, how to reward them, how to motivate them, and what, what do they need in terms of your onboarding process. So that you're, you, you, because, you know, you're a, you're a um, creative energy, so visual and, um, you know, don't give me all the bullet point details, just kind of give me the high level and I can take it from there. But if you're training your person that you really need in that way, they will feel bereft of knowledge because they're not getting what they need to fully understand how to do the job and serve you really well. And whilst, uh, whilst I, this wasn't, uh, this isn't a podcast about me, but what's really interesting, I, what I'm very conscious of that and, uh, Fortunately, my uh, the last person in that role continued something that had started with the very first person that had that uh, had filled that role, and there is a very extensive set of documents that details everything that they have to do uh, that's been written by them. So the first three or four days on the job is uh, a little bit of an introduction from me for about half an hour, and then say right go and work through all of the documents and then let's talk once you've been through all of that because there's a heck of a lot of detail to go through. And and it is, but it is something I see, you know, and I'm sure you see it all the time in business in terms of hiring the wrong person. And I, I love that dynamic between that you are talking about being the opposite of you because when you look at relationships, I always find this fascinating as well, that when you look at relationships of you know husband wife or partners um these days probably more correctly saying is that um you see these two types of couples right they they are either they are very similar or they're completely the opposite of one another and you work and you say how does that work but it does doesn't it they they i think my wife and i are probably a lot more similar but i see the i know plenty of couples where it is completely the other end Mm -hmm. And, you know, we say opposites attract, but also birds of a feather. And look, at the end of the day, no one knows what really happens inside any relationship except the two people who are in the relationship. And even then there's a dynamic around who I think you are and who you think you are and then who you really are and then vice versa on the other side. And I find that fascinating that we've all got filters and uh, there's a saying that, uh, women women marry men and expect them to change and they don't and men marry women and expect them not to change and they do yes I, I think that's that's roughly true although there's, I've also heard a variation of that where uh, men marry women and have don't think about anything at all so that just um, and that's part of the process as well 
Hope you've been enjoying the conversation so far. We look forward to bringing you part two in the next episode of BizBytes. BizBytes is brought to you by ComTogether for all your marketing needs so you can build your brand, engage audiences on multiple platforms. Go to comtogether.com.au, follow the links to book an appointment for a free consultation.